0: Good morning, I am Cindy Vanna. Love Talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios. That's 1490 AM information with inspiration. You can also catch up with us at uh, streaming live at klgo.net and later we'll have the audio portion of this program posted at lovetalknetwork.com. com in the studio, of course, with me is First Lady of Love, Miss Evelyn Davison. Good morning, Miss Davison. Well, good morning,
1: Miss Vaughn. How are you today? Oh, <laughs> you don't even want to know. know. Oh, you know that's uh that's sometimes what I tell my husband at the end of the day. He'll say, "How'd your day go, honey?" I said, "Honey, you don't want to know." <laughs> <laughs> well, I have we have killed t- chickens and turkeys all day long, but you know that's life. Hello, Cindy. and that's one of. The things that makes it so exciting for us, and uh, I was talking to Ed, Hor- oh, Ed Horn. Boy, hello, Ed. Hello, Elizabeth. I'm a- I'm out of it this morning. Ed Sawson yesterday was his last day here at KLGO, and. Um, and i was really giving him the business and uh we had such a great time and and he i told him i said yeah, clock, I noticed sir yeah. clock yeah. is firmly in place today uh and we kind of joked and uh carried that around we uh because this studio here is gorgeous. So we look out and I noticed this morning when I was coming in the big live oak tree in the front of the building. One side the te- sees the, t- the leaves are on the ground and the other side the old leaves are still there and the new leaves are coming out. And so as I ca- as I was thinking yesterday and talking to Ed, I said, "You know Ed, we only live in seasons of life. <clears throat> we he, we move from one season to another and uh uh he's uh he's is going to uh not be broadcasting the afternoon show and he it's had some really tough days this year he ha he has a major Uh, had a major heart problem, and so we jokingly talked about that, and I told him, I said, just be sure you don't take my clock with you. Well, we got into this long.
0: Well, for our listening audience, they don't know that we've had clock wars here at the (laughs) station, that Evelyn went out and got us our own clock so that we could see when to go in and out of break, and Ed immediately pilfered the clock. (laughs) And, I mean, good Christian man that he is, he pilfered the clock and moved it. Exactly where you could not see it, but <laughs> Ed is our friend and but Ed, you know,
1: it. Uh, th- those are the things that makes loving people nice, and we laughingly joked about that, because Ed and I have been friends for a long, long time. I knew him when he was at KLBJ, and... And he's in a new season of life, and we are in a new season. Oh yeah, spring is here. Hey, it's a little chilly this morning, but the trees and the the oh my, our bridal wreath is beautiful. I, I love this time of well, year. Well,
0: I tell you, I went out the other night. You know, I have a new puppy. Yeah, and of course, I so I spend the puppy is training me, and so I spend a large part of my uh, day standing in the middle of the grass. Commanding, <laughs> yeah, commanding the puppy to pop potty. Well, the other night I was out at the mi- crack of dawn or the middle of the night. I can't remember. It's very blurry at this point. It is yeah. like Juan's new baby. You know, yeah. I'm up at hours I could not possibly imagine. <laughs> uh, but I volunteered for this just like Juan did. Yeah. Uh, he may not have thought he volunteered, <laughs> but you know Juan how they make babies, right? Anyway, so here we, here I am standing in the middle and, and I'm looking up and the stars are just absolutely just gorgeous. And I'm standing in like the middle of a, it sounds like an ice storm from all the oak leaves. We're in yes. this big area of oak leaves just showering down around me. And you can hear them. It was I thought, you know, it is a delight. These small moments are right. oftentimes what we live for, even if it is to give a treat to a little puppy
1: <laughs> who, who will finally potty oh. at three o'clock in the, <laughs> the morning. morning. Oh. <laughs> well, Cindy, my um uh, uh my congratulations go out to you on your new birth. <laughs> Uh, but I, I, I tell never, you, I, it was an immaculate yeah, conception. But you know, it's a good time because it is spring and um, things are are popping out, and it's a reminder again, Cindy, of how great God is and that He renews things. He renews our our spirit when spring comes because we're able to get out and get around and do some things. Well, and,
0: speaking of renewal. Uh, I have our outline in front of me, and I have the news page right here. It is a total blank piece (laughs) of paper. I sent Evelyn the program in the middle of the uh, afternoon, early evening. I said, Evelyn, I've checked the news it was all gossip i just can't i just can't do it i can't do it anymore but talk to me about renewal in terms of what happened because i know we had one a huge
1: historic moment Well, this week of our catholic friends and we say congratulations to you one uh has as a new leader and i am really excited about are you saying juan is the new catholic leader Oh, oh his name is is Pope Francis? And, oh yeah, uh, he has got an humble spirit, Cindy, and it's going to mark a change, really, I think, in the way that child uh, that our Catholic friends worship. I love
0: his name. Uh, you know, Saint Francis himself was a humble mm-hmm. figure. Yeah. Came out of great wealth and riches, but at the end, when he was had been away on sabbatical for a while, someone came and usurped his position mm-hmm. amongst the Jesuit priests. And he bowed down before that person, mm-hmm. humbled himself, and told, you know, the, all the followers of the priesthood to follow this man. And so it, t- it oftentimes, it takes a humble person mm-hmm. to uh, develop true following. In the church. And that's that's true. Whether you ascribe to Catholicism, Protestantism, we've got that a little bit upside down in the body of Christ. So I do agree with that. You know, I've been uh, in a group that has been praying for the papacy. Uh, the last several weeks we mm-hmm. each had a cardinal assigned to us we prayed for that cardinal we prayed That's for exciting, the too. Holy Spirit and so uh, <clears throat> this was not a figure that was uh, it was one of the top five mm. or so but it is not one that would clearly as a matter of fact you know the news outlets in Italy mm-hmm. announced that the papacy was going to return to an Italian Pope and that hit the papers yeah. only for yeah. them to find out ten minutes later that it well, was a he, South American. Uh, he does
1: come from Italian lineage but uh, he certainly is uh, the first uh, American or South American Pope and so we were, we are praying for him and and a lot of it, Exciting things are coming up this week, Cindy. Of course, we are deeply involved in planning all of the National Day of Prayer now, activities. Now, when
0: you say deeply involved, does that mean alligators
1: up to? Well, uh, oh yes. There's always that uh <laughs> the enemy of Easter that's there to to take away uh, what it is that you know, and this is would Palm keep us peace Sunday. Within. We're
0: coming up to Palm Sunday and of course the churches across America, our pastoral friends and churches everywhere involved, deeply involved in inviting the neighborhoods and those who would likely only come to church a couple of times a year, giving that Easter message.
1: And then of course this week we have the the uh faith, uh Texas Faith and Family Day. It's gonna be on Tuesday. You know, I'll be participating in that and uh, <clears throat> It's a Texas Values Conference where we stand on faith and family and freedom in Texas. And, you know, Texas is not only that across its nation, Cindy, that we do are very conservative. We do trust God.
0: Mm. Well, there are lots of things going on. You know, there's still major legislation going on, uh, a Second Amendment legislation. There's also proposed legislation on Sharia law in Texas. Texas currently does not have protection uh, from Sharia law, unlike other states. So certainly uh, lots going on with regard to pro-life. You know, Evelyn, we've been in this series talking about be not afraid. We started yes. with the yes life, which is kind of our umbrella. And we've moved to this conversation of talking about what is it that is compelling the hearts of this nation right now? And we and you and I know that we found out that in many ways, uh, fear mm-hmm. has too often been a motivator. And, you know, fear has what we like to call kiss and cousins. In the the mm-hmm. simple vernacular of right. the two little old mm. love talk ladies, in other words, <laughs> you know, fear you're telling me I had a birthday
1: this week. Too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am that's, old.
0: that's yeah. right. Well, I'm right there with you. If you're old, I'm as as old. Uh, well, so you know, in this kiss and cousin kind of thing, it's like you can fear can be a part of your life, but then you got these you got these little things hanging around you that, uh, like to to consort with fear and we're gonna we're gonna be talking about those today but you know we never talk about that topic without it being what we call god-centric or god-centered because there's of no value at all to talk about our emotions our psyche or psychology Mm -hmm. or even the issues of warfare and deliverance without talking first and foremost about who god is and we set the stage and talking about one God, one mediator, Christ Jesus, one reconciler, Christ Jesus, Christ our perfect love. And we talked extensively about 1st John 4, 8, God is love. And we Mm -hmm. did that for a reason. And what a, what a perfect, um, week to talk about that because this for me oftentimes as i think of what it was like to be in those ancient roads of jerusalem Mm -hmm. with the crowds waving Mm -hmm. what they had which were palm branches at the time and here came the messiah on a borrowed ass Mm -hmm. to come through the streets of Jerusalem it says if you can hear the crowds those who would have had the courage to come out and publicly proclaim and worship when worship was largely uh, left for in the temple and when there was retribution for public worship anything outside of the state endorsed religion and or the state enforced military here came Jesus and those who had heard of the Messiah, who had the courage, came out of their homes to worship him.
1: Well, Cindy, we are going to be talking about that today because fear is... Um a factor that is part of all of our lives at one point until we come to know the reality of the love of the Lord Jesus and uh, come to believe that perfect love casts out fear. That's his fear for us. and I mean, his love for us. And even this week, as we've dealt with that, um, South Korea, North Korea has done away with the 1953 uh, armistice. And we have we have. Um, we share friends in South Korea that have been quarantined in their houses because of the danger there. So we don't, you know, we are not, we do not escape from that kind of fear. And never but the will. thing that we're going to talk about today that begins to partner with that is guilt Ooh. and being guilty. And that's the issue that faced Jesus this week, uh, that we're talking about the week of the preeminence of his making that ultimate sacrifice to take away not only our fear, but our sin and our guilt. But let's so.
0: hit the gavel, sister. Guilty. This is love talk on the word. Good morning. I am Cindy Vana. Love Talking, the Beautiful Blessed. KLGO The Word Studios. 1490 AM Information with Inspiration and in the studio, of course, with me as First Lady of Love, reminding you that we're streaming live at KLGO.net and that we will have the audio portion of this program posted up on our website under Love Talk. Network, all one word dot com. Evelyn, we're we're going to introduce. We have talked about for this year what it is to live the yes life, to say yes to the one true God. And we've talked about what is what the realities of what the one true God, who that is and what that means. And when we talked about fear, we've talked about what are those antidotes to be not afraid. And so we've we talked first about simplifying today. We are going to get into the deep end of a pool Mm -hmm. and we're going to talk about guilt. Because I talked earlier, I mentioned earlier, the kissing cousin kind of picture of what takes place with fear. Boy, guilt is the cousin Mm -hmm. to fear. There are realities for guilt. And then there are false understandings of guilt. And then there's the veil that we operate under as humans. And you wrote this uh tremendous outline for us that we're going to be walking through talk to me a little bit about that
1: well cindy you know we all um none of us are perfect and that's where oh now evelyn no really i am not i tell van every week well i'm not perfect when i do something wrong if i don't lock the front door he'll tell you you didn't you didn't lock the front door i'll say i'm guilty but i'm sorry (laughs) i just keep moving on uh we live in a society today, Cindy, where many of us stand in judgment of not just other people, but of our own ability to serve God and to move in a power <clears throat> of his presence so that we can be... Um, like a Paul in Paul's day, so that we can be an example of God's great love and be on parade so that people can see us and look in our face and see that we are happy, that we I are Jeff. I always
0: hate it when you say that you I know. know I just shrink over here and just tremble in fear because you may be that that shining example. But I mean people are able to see my crusty <laughs> now, imperfections. Just well, I mean that's that What goes before, Christ may go before me, but when I show up, every little scabby thing shows up, and so.
1: Well, you're, you're you're, one of, you're a Paul, and that's what Paul did in his day, but the roadmap we're gonna be following is the reason that we feel guilty. And, you know, personality does have a lot to do with it. You know, a sanguine, you know, it lasts five minutes, I had my... (laughs) 20 minutes of that this week. <laughs>
0: and then you got the, you got the flagellants, you know, the ones yeah. who beat themselves yeah, up constantly, yeah. guilty, guilty.
1: Cause mean, I made a major, major, uh, boo-boo this week, uh, and we've corrected that, so we're moving forward, but, um, so sanguine, you know, in 10 minutes, they forget it and move on. But with, you know, a melancholy, very sensitive type person, you live with it all your life. It's very hard to get rid of that. But there is a reason for guilt if we're talking about it. And that is that we were born with a sinful nature and we're going to be, a, we are going to be building on that, Cindy, as we do this. The other thing is, is selfishness. You know, we are in America. One of the greatest sins in our nation is entitlement. We think that even as Christians that we're entitled to the very, very best. Um, and then, of course, our weakness. It was, you know, we are weak in our in our uh, commitments Sometimes we're me- weak in our dedication. But there's a reason for that, Cindy. is because we all even though we are born again of the spirit of the living God, we have an old sin nature old sin nature that lives with us and every day we get up in the morning and i mean we put our clothes on and we go out there in the world we aren't perfect as we go out and so guilt is something that that god speaks to directly in his word the other thing we're going to talk about is the recovery from guilt uh and if we're talking about sin we know that's that sin remover is jesus christ and then the revelation that comes when we recognize that we are guilty of not knowing him or guilty of not following him and that's when the holy spirit begins to move in our hearts and in our lives and give us uh, the the ability to see things the way they really are and then that last thing in the area of of guilt is the release through, tr- uh, through trusting God. We started this a couple of weeks ago saying that faith is not a feeling. You know, we don't have to feel like every minute of the day that we are perfect, but faith tells us that the perfect love of Jesus covers our imperfection. <clears throat> and then the second part of that, that the, the, uh, second part of that yoke that we call it, is trust and we say you know it's one thing to have faith but it's something else when we trust god for who he is in us and what he wants to do and so that in itself is our goal when we're talking about living a life that is filled with faith that is filled with trust, that we might be in that place where God can use us and remake us and, and send us in the direction. So guilt is is a lot of different things for us. First of all, it's a cognitive thing. It's something that we get in our mind. You know, we, we think, well, the reason I'm having this problem is because I've not done this. Uh, It's because we condemn ourselves when Christ has already redeemed us. So there are a lot of the little side trails, the little journeys uh, we're going to take. Because what is our goal for our life, Cindy? It is that we would so live in the love of the Lord Jesus that we would not be afraid of him or afraid of others. And in doing that, it makes us stronger for the work that he has called us to do in the love fields where we are. And so if we look at at it as a cognitive thing where we're telling ourselves this, it's also an emotional thing. But the number one thing about guilt is that we are guilty of sin. And Jesus is the only holy eraser there is to, to deal with that in our lives. And so that's where we are. That's where we're going.
0: Well, let's talk about that a little bit because I loved what you said a minute ago when you were talking about... Uh, Why are we even having this conversation? Well, there's an important reason why we're having this conversation. It isn't to walk through our emotional condition or experiential condition. It is certainly not to bring up the religious connotation of the fact that we all should walk around feeling guilty (laughs) that we cannot be perfect. But Uh there is a reason for parsing out The guilt that is non conditional, the one that comes from a result Mm -hmm. of sin versus the conditionality, which is the condition of man's mind that has to do with false guilt, because one will keep you imprisoned and the other will set you free. So I, I love that we, this roadmap that you gave us. So the reason for guilt is that, in fact, Evelyn, you know, we start out having, uh, living in a, in a fallen world as a result of the fallenness of, uh, our great, great forefathers and grandparents, uh, little Adam and little Eve and all that they that took place that we come from that lineage forward we're guilty Mm -hmm. we've got to come because you've got half of the world that says hey man that's just old-fashioned stuff Mm -hmm. i'm not guilty i can do whatever i want and there shouldn't be any consequences you got the other half of the world that's walking around shouldered and burdened by guilt that is not their own, that keeps them stuck in a place. And so we're having this conversation because we've talked about what is it to say yes to God. One of the first and primary things is be not afraid. You have to know who God is
1: in order to say yes to God. Well, Cindy, we are going to be going in that route. And we're going to talk when we come back about guilt, culture, where does it come from, and what are we going to do with it? What does the psychologist say today about <laughs> Yeah, let's
0: talk about that. This
1: is Love Talk on the Word.
0: Good morning, I am Cindy Vana love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the word, 1490 AM, information with inspiration, reminding you that we are streaming live at KLGO.net, and that you can also catch up with Evelyn and I at lovetalknetwork.com. We had a special visitor in the studio (laughs) with us, and of course, it's on a topic uh, that we all love, that we won't discuss here right now. Uh, Van Davison, who uh, is—he's uh, <laughs> our financial backer. Yeah, I'll tell you,
1: we have to—we have to kiss him every day. Oh, I'm telling you, man. Well, you know, Van is—he—he's uh, a funny character, but I tell you, no. what, he is stable. He is stable. When I get all flitting, flopping around, he'll, well, you, you all know, are it. that testimony
0: that opposites attract. Yes, I will that tell is so you. True. (laughs) (laughs) And we're talking about this topic of guilt and we're, you know, we could spend three, four or five programs talking about guilty. Mm-hmm. because of course we're in the easter season but you know I'm hesitant first to go too far down that road because people are already walking around here they're so polarized in the oh yeah man I'm not guilty of anything I'll just do whatever I want and then you have all the others are trying to be perfect who just you know wear the guilt cloak all the time the reality is is that we are all guilty Mm -hmm. in the sense that sin has separate separated us from the love of god but that christ jesus came to reconcile us and boy what a season to be having this conversation because what takes place at calvary On the cross is what frees you and I from perpetual damnation and condemnation by God. It is that which reconciles us, makes peace between man and God Mm -hmm. so that in actuality, our relationship with Jesus Christ, the guilt which you and I should Mm -hmm. be under goes before us to heaven so that when we arrive in heaven and Profess our faith in Christ Jesus, we're found not guilty, not guilty. because of
1: what? Christ of Christ. Well, see, psychology approaches that from a different uh, perspective, and it says that guilt, uh, and it's handmaiden shame, uh, just are emotional things that paralyze us. And we know that that, that can be true, but basically, The bottom line and the reason that's our first part of this roadmap is that we are guilty of sin because the scriptures tell us no, not one has ever lived without sin. And so the reason that that is so important to start with is because people don't understand the sin of rejection. And that basically is where we are in America today. We have rejected the statues and the principles of God to a certain degree in the area of community development. And and so the answers to that are not often uh, sought in the biblical realm. And we're seeing that in our military today. You know, the the. The powers that be are trying to move our chaplains away from counsel from God's word regarding sin or regarding need or regarding, you know, shame or fear or whatever, you know, is there over to this point that psychology will help you straighten these guys out and there won't be that much suicide so this is a hot topic today Cindy
0: well yeah don't get me started on that no. now I when I went into re- research kind of the cultural view what? to guilt mm-hmm. I picked one of the least offensive that mm-hmm. I could find there was one that came from Oprah.com that had you know it was a long conversation between Oprah and this leading psychologist about guilt and it was basically this if you suffer from any kind of guilt you're sick it's a sick not um not a positive motivating factor Mm -hmm. at all and that there's nothing positive about about guilt. Now, at least in psychology today, which you and I agree, psychology is in the church is just, you know, it's just psychobabble. It, it just doesn't, doesn't line up with the word of God. But mm-hmm. at least in this one, it talks about the fact that guilt to some degree is, can be the social glue that mm-hmm. holds us together, spurring one to make reparation for right. wrong. So at least I'm glad that there is still some acknowledgement in society and in culture today that, that guilt, although not meant to be a uh, standard by which you live, has, is built into some degree within us.
1: As our conscience—that's too sin. So it's not just the things that maybe we've done that we're guilty about, or it's something. Oftentimes, it's things we didn't do, and that's oh, what my situation hello. was. Is, yeah, I'm more guilty for things I didn't do. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, if I leave my front door open, Van will say, "You've done it again." You know, you're guilty. You didn't lock the door uh, because he is very protective of me. And then the other part of that guilt we're talking about is that it may be something that I think I've done. So often, you know, especially in the Christian realm of reasoning, it is, you know, there's something wrong here, Lord. I don't feel your presence or I don't see you working or you're not answering my prayers. And so often we take that back upon ourselves that it's something we have done. Where in reality, it's not. It is It is in the hand of God for the big plan of God that he has because our lives are like a jigsaw puzzle they're just you, all these different pieces different sizes come together and some of the things that we think we need in life to make us happy and make us productive we don't get well then we begin to blame ourselves in certain areas that you know if i had gone on and, and gotten a master's degree or if I'd gotten a PhD I tell Van that all the time uh, then you know these things would have resolved themselves well that is not true necessarily because we are not responsible for everything that comes into our Life. choices are made by others like in our nation right now choices are being made right <laughs> now Cindy, Yellow. that are going to affect our children's children our grandchildren's children and i mentioned earlier about this you know north korea's done away with the 1953 armistice we are on the brink of, of either destruction by one nation or by another on the other side. I think that
0: is, you know, you bring up a good point. That's part of the reason why you see people feeling fearful. Right. And, uh, to some degree, it even falls guilt. Like, is there something I could do as people are making decisions for me that I don't even know? Is there more that I could do? And then of course, you know, the flip side of I didn't do uh, I didn't do what I should have done or I might not have uh, thinking that you mm-hmm. feel guilty in terms of uh, I don't feel your presence, Lord. I thought that was a great example. Then, then we have the other, which is that, did we do enough? Yes. You know, if you. Yeah, I
1: think that probably is one of the bigger ones today, Cindy. When we look at the lives of our children, you know, as, as we rear them and as they begin to mature and make their own decision, did we do enough to teach them about the founding faith of our fathers? Uh, that that is something we are all guilty of. What's the next one?
0: Well, that, you know, we even have guilt if we're doing better than someone else. Let's take someone around us who's who's sick and failing mm-hmm. or who's failing financially. And, you know, we have guilt about whether we should, you know, what what did I do mm-hmm. now uh, to be so blessed as opposed to this person who you can see has not really done anything to warrant that. Uh, but now we have to be careful with that one too. So these are all, remember, we're walking down the cultural grid
1: yeah, yes. of, and the of reason.
0: guilt. And so the question, the antidote in every case to Christians is what is the Holy Spirit prompting in you versus what is your mind? What is your emotions and what is your will? What are you are battling? you?
1: You know, I think that is something that, uh, I face, uh, every time I'm in the car, uh, when I come to a corner and there's a, a man or a woman standing there holding a sign, you know, saying, I don't have anything. You know, I I don't have a home. I don't have the. We are faced with that every day in in our self condemnation and taking on a guilt trip. We put ourselves on those trips. And so, what is some of the answers that we're going to do if we are driven by guilt? Then, there has to be a remedy for that Cindy. you know
0: Evelyn. you bring up a a story, even in talking about the people on the street corners. I just want to diverge for a minute. you know my sweet daddy had a lot a lot of faults, but you know he was he was left at an orphanage at an early age, mm-hmm. spent his life in an orphanage, tried to get out at different times to go work in the fields for relatives, thinking that he'd be able to get out. And then even as he did, oftentimes uh, that would fail and he'd find himself back in the orphanage because back then people were just in desperate financial straits. But he never saw someone on a street corner uh, that he tears did not literally form in his uh-huh. eyes because he felt like that by the grace of oh, God. God in his later life, uh, that was all that separated him from that reality. Now, Hit to the converse, his cold-hearted daughter, who had attempted to minister to people on the street corner in different ways—taking socks, taking toothpaste, taking uh, food—at different times, I had been more times than I could tell you. I had been cussed out. The food had been thrown down because the the object of the panhandling was for money to go get drugs and alcohol, and so I had learned to be hard-hearted. But dad's reality was completely different because he had seen the potential early on in his life for that to have been who he could have been. And so depending on what our experiences are, oftentimes forms the level of our understanding. And Mm -hmm. and that understanding is is not always uh, from God. But let's talk a little bit. We're going to take our break. But when we when we I want us to introduce this idea that can you live being driven by guilt mm. we're going to come back and we're going to talk about what is it to find balance in a society society says there's no guilt and then those whose lives are compelled and driven by guilt this is love talk on the word Good morning, I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the word, studios, 1490 AM. Information with inspiration, reminding you that we're streaming live at klgo.net. You can also catch up with Evelyn and I later, the audio portion and Evelyn's latest blog, The Bumps of Life at LoveTalkNetwork.com. Evelyn, let's, we're in our kind of our wrap up here. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this thing of driven by guilt because we've talked about the reality of their, the foundational, uh, reality of, of guilt. You know, guilt and, mm-hmm. our guilt, yeah. our guiltiness of sin, our guiltiness of imperfection. But, but let's talk about that as a driving force for Christians. And, and what do you think of that?
1: Well, Cindy, the number one thing that we have to begin with and we when we establish a thesis is the facts. And the facts of life is that every one of us, whether we're a Christian or non-Christian, we are guilty of sin. Because the scripture says that he, he says he has no sin is a liar. I mean, he's already sinned. And so, you know, we cannot present ourselves as being free from sin. We are all guilty of that. The liar,
0: liar, pants on fire theology.
1: But, But the issue and the dividing factor here is whether we know that. And know where the salvation and the redemption and the revelation and the restoration comes from. No. And that Jesus Christ said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And if we have the life of Jesus Christ, we've accepted that he has begun to make us new, then Every day we're going to have a battle with the enemy of Easter. And that's why we're talking about this, Cindy. Uh, you know, this weekend is Palm Sunday. It is the Sunday that the Jesus entered the city of Jerusalem in a victory march saying, I have come. I am the answer for your guilt. No longer do you have to take a goat to the to the altar. No longer do you have to do this or this. I have come that you might have life. And for us today, as we live in America, that is a foreign concept to many, many people. And yet they know that their lives are not perfect. They know that there are things in their lives that need to be changed, that need to be removed. And yet they don't know that the remedy for that is faith in Jesus Christ.
0: Well, some of the things, let's walk through some of the okay. simple things that people tend to be burdened by guilt. And and it's going to require, Evelyn, as we do that, to talk a little bit about the difference between, you know, holding on to guilt mm-hmm. and being obedient to Christ. You know, because here is just a few of them. You know, I should pray more. Yeah. Uh I should have more quiet time with the Lord or my quiet time isn't what it should be. I should share the gospel more or I should give more. These are all shortcomings that we have as Christians that have a cumulative effect in our life. Mm-hmm. Now, the cumulative effect is real because if 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 the Holy Spirit is prompting you, this isn't false guilt, but it is really the Holy Spirit saying, hey, Hey, I, I want to spend time with you. Yes. You know, I want to speak to your heart. I want you to give more so that you will see me be your provider. If those are the issues, then it is not false guilt. The question is, is how do we respond to God? Do we stay in that place where we become more and more burdened by the shortcomings in our lives? Or do we understand that there's a quick remedy with God?
1: Well, it is, Cindy. And, of course, that remedy is What we started with, when we were talking about the simple life, it is that we would yield, yield our heart, yield our need to him, yield our sin to him, our frustrations to him, our disappointments in ourselves and our judgments. You know one of the reasons that we're guilty is that we judge others according to how we think they ought to live when our life you know Jesus taught that in the parable about the when you get a boulder in your eye, don't go out there trying to get a little speck or now oh, well,
0: I love that one, Evelyn, because you know we started off with kind of this cultural march through people feeling guilty, and it says it's the one that you where you recognize that you did something that you shouldn't have done or you might yeah well the there out there, there's this whole bucket of guilt, which people just ref- are in complete denial about and Christians and non-Christians alike, which is God, if you would just fix that guy over there, mm-hmm. everything would be great in my world. Everything would be good in the world. Now, that is that's a guilt that we've not yet come to grip. with the the, the denial of
1: grace, a
0: large river running through Egypt.
1: I remember in my early days when I really began to uh, sense that uh, part of my uh, issues uh, was that I did not know uh, God's word well enough. And so, I mean, I consumed that. And then I came to the point where I didn't pray enough and I didn't think enough. I didn't serve enough. And it was all that self-condemnation. But you know what happened during that time, Cindy, is because I felt like I was dying with spiritual malnutrition. Mm. And there is a malady called spiritual malnutrition.
0: Mm, What's the Rx?
1: Well, the it's the fact that we think we can solve our own problems. God, you just give me what I want and I'll fix this. (gasps) And see, yeah. we have, in America, we've got that mentality. But you see, the other thing is, is that we yield it. I mean, that's what the wildlife is, is that we yield it and we yearn for the Lord Jesus to move in our lives in power so that we can be that example. We're not going to be perfect. But we can be a good example of the commitment toward grace and not guilt. And that's what our goal is, is to move to grace instead of just dwelling in this pitiful pool of guilt. And as we do that, we've fully got to embrace what God has to say. About well, let's
0: us. do because we can talk about the shortcomings all day. We've got a few minutes. Let's run down three major things that right. will move you from condemnation First of all, fear, Mm -hmm. guilt, condemnation into freedom to be able to confess to God those things that we are guilty of. Let's talk about the first one, Evelyn, which is what you just mentioned briefly, which is to embrace the gospel.
1: And that's the good news. The gospel is good news, Cindy. And the good news is that he is able and willing to fix everything in my life. That is that I give to him.
0: Well, I think this is where you and I have talked at length over the years of that. You can either choose to live the crucified Mm -hmm. life or you can choose to live the resurrected life. The truth of the matter is, is we were dead in our sin. But we are alive in Christ as Christ came to win the victory at Calvary. And we're going to be celebrating that this whole next week as Christ came to win that victory for you and I. He paid a debt that we could not pay for ourselves. He ransomed us from the clutches Mm -hmm. of sin and death. And now where
1: are we? We live alive in Christ. And then we move to grace and and away from guilt. If we say, Lord, I repent and see, that's how you get a greater grace uh, uh, um, gift is when we come to that point, we recognize that and we repent and, and repent means you turn away from the way that's not God's way toward God's way. And so when we do that, we know that we are in Christ and he in us and it's, it's not Doing more for Christ, it's allowing Him to live in our lives in a way that we will be a movement of mercy and grace. And that
0: is your comment about yielding. You mm-hmm. know, this is this is a very this is a line in the sand between our Jewish friends and ourselves, which is that faith is by works.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: And our word says, you know, we are justified by faith alone. It doesn't mean we leave behind works. Our works come as a result of faith in Christ and the direction of Christ in our lives so that we don't live this life of, oh, I I just need to be doing more for Christ. I'm going to be the little Christ here. Mm -hmm. If my own life, if I do more then I can still yell, I can still beat my wife. But but I'm doing a lot for Christ. Yes. What's another one? Well, it's
1: it's that we repent so that we can receive God's mercy. He says every morning, Cindy, I'm going to visit your doorpost. Like he told the Hebrew children to put the blood on the doorpost so that when the angel of death saw that, the angel of death would move over. And that's true in our lives as well. Because every morning he said, I will deliver you a new gift of love, mercy, goodness, and kindness. And so if we repent, if we repent, and we ask God to change those things about us that are not pleasing to him and move on, not get stagnant in this guilt trip. And we're going to be talking about guilt trips in the coming future. But grace does produce gratitude, Cindy. If we are not grateful for those things in our life that, in spite of doing wrong, God has fixed and brought us back to Him, then we are we are standing in guilt. And the other thing is that we are meant to live in joy of our salvation. And, you know, I would say to you today, as you're listening to us, you may be an unbeliever and you don't understand what we're talking about today. The answer to guilt, and you are guilty, sin is a harbinger for your life trust jesus christ if you want to know how to do that give us a call on our love line or go to our website
0: Lovetalknetwork.com, where we will uh, shortly post uh the audio portion of this program you can catch evelyn's latest blog the bumps of life will be posting another blog out of this program uh we would ask for you to uh, enjoy today. Enjoy that moment in Jerusalem where Christ won the victory for all of us, ransoming us from guilt. This has been Love Talk on the word. And we're broadcast center